very warm welcome to you from Equa Marketing. This presentation is brought to you by Equa.com, a leader in digital marketing. Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening to one more episode of Growing Dentist, the amazing podcast series that helps doctors who are interested in creating a bigger future. Today, I'm very excited to have Andre from The Crew Process. Uh, the name of the website is thecrewprocess.com. Andre is known for the way he thinks about teams, and that's why his business is called, you know, the crew process. And of course, we're going to talk more about that. Um, so, Andre, welcome, and um, I'm so glad to have you here today. Well, thank you for the invitation. It's uh, good, good, good to get a chance to talk to you. Thank you, Andre. Um, why don't you start by telling in, in a few minutes uh, a little bit about yourself, your story, if I may, just to kind of uh, get to know you a little bit. Well, I started I started in dentistry. It's it's going to be almost 30 years now. Um, I started working with my brother-in-law, who was a, a general dentist, and he asked me to come in and, and use some of the skills that I learned in customer service, um, in uh, high-end retail, um, into his dental practice. And uh, I I just brought in some of the things that I learned from Disney, from Ritz Carlton, from you know uh, high-end designers. I took some of those things I learned outside of the dental field and brought them into dentistry. And from that point on, started a consulting business and a coaching business. And, you know, it's been a whirlwind of, of different creations of businesses and processes and things like that since 1989. It's been a long time. Or, yeah, 1989. That's amazing. Um yeah, I was doing a bit of research, uh, you know, just to prepare for this, and and the name, the crew, struck me, and and uh, uh, you know, like when I think of a crew, I I think of a movie crew, right? In the sense, here are people who are very specialized. You know, I'm the best in the world at animation. I'm the best in the world at, you know, finding the right set, and these all these crazy specialized people who a lot of times don't even know each other come together and they work together for three months, six months. And then they put together this mega blockbuster and uh, they all go home and then they do it again. But the, the thing that fascinates me about a crew, um, at least in the case of a movie, is that A, the fact that they didn't know each other for 10 years before that point didn't really make a difference. And B, they can create this amazing blockbuster even though they all have such a different skill set and specialization. I mean, some movies, as you know, can gross like hundreds of millions of dollars and that's not bad for six months of work. <laughs> yeah, that's not bad. I think we, it'd be great if we could do that in the dental field. You know, a, a lot of that has to do with the fact that these people stay in their lanes. They know exactly what they're supposed to be doing. And a lot of these things are, you know, a lot of these processes that you're talking about with a movie don't happen in the chronology that we see them happening on the screen. So you have to have this sort of foresight in order to put together these pieces, know your skill, but also understand and have the confidence in what the other people are doing so that they all mesh together. And that's that, you know, that collaborative approach to any process that we talk about. That's where I, you know, that's the reason I came up with this idea of crew is because, you know, for years I've been going to these team building classes and these, you know, everybody was understanding that, you know, that the, 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 the sort of um, cliched way of, I'll stand here and you fall back uh, and I'll I'll catch you before you hit the ground. And that makes us a team. Well, what that does is it gives you confidence in me as a person, but not in my goals. Why am I doing this exercise? 
so a lot of what I was doing is kind of dispelling that myth that team was the thing to focus on and really was the why would I catch you? Why is it that my responsibility to catch you is so important in this whole process? And when I started using that format, it took me in another direction. It took me out of the idea of saying, you know what, we have to become a better team. We have to be more um, like each other or more um, friendly outside of work to a point where we, we have to be aligned in our responsibilities and our goal attainment and the way that we perceive this outcome. And that's what, like you said, a movie crew, um, if you look at you know, a naval vessel, we talk in terms of crew. We talk about when we get on a plane, we're talking about a crew. They're very specialized responsibilities that everybody takes seriously. And you know, we see it when we fly Southwest Airlines or wherever. You know, the flight attendants are part of that crew, but they're having fun doing it. And when the, the uh, flight is over, they can go off their different directions and, and, and still be friends. But when they get back on that plane and the door closes, it clicks and they are responsible for our lives. It's a big difference. Yeah, so you you put you you left so many nuggets there. So the one thing you you said is, in a movie crew, for example, they're so specialized they they don't deviate from their lane. So I want to kind of explore that a little bit more in the context of dentistry. And second thing you said is, um, this idea of the myths around teamwork. So I think before we can um, learn something new, we need to learn what the myths are, right? Because you know um, sometimes. Um, I've heard people say, you know, to have a breakthrough, you have to tell the truth. You know, yeah. you have to deal with the truth. If you don't deal with the truth, I mean, you're going to live in this la-la land and you're going to be, you know, like, you know, you, if you do what you did yesterday and expect different results, it's not going to happen, right? Exactly. So do you want to start at talking about the myths first or do you want to start by talking about, you pick. About, well, I, you know, I, love, I love the idea of dispelling myths because... I agree. And like I said, you know, in my experience, you know, 30 years in dentistry plus years and years and years in retail, you know, we live through these myths of if we go to these team building courses, we will become better at our craft. And that myth holds today. I go to offices and, you know, they expect that we're going to be doing team building classes and we're going to learn how to sing Kumbaya and, and you know, hug each other and be better people together. And that's great, but as an outcome, what happens is we become friends, but we don't move the ball forward. We can't get better at what we do by just becoming better friends. What we have to do is we have to better clear, clarify our goals and then move forward. We have to get past the idea that we need to be friends. We have to get past the ideas that uniforms make us all work collaboratively. You know. Um, the, the, the most, uh, you know, like the, the uh, Chicago Bulls basketball team who won three championships um, publicly address each other and say, uh, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and Dennis Rodman, uh, the, the two top, three top guys, said that they never, ever had a relationship off of the court. When right. they got on the court, they were phenomenal together, but they didn't even talk to each other when they were not on the court. And, you know, we think, boy, that is the dream team, but really they're, they're the dream crew. They're the people who, you know, I get the ball, I put the ball in the basket, we make a point. You know, they're the guys who should be the role model for most dental offices. You know, when we're on the court, when the gloves go on, 
you know, we have to work in such a way that I trust the doctor to be doing his responsibilities. I trust the hygienist to do her responsibilities. And I trust the administrative team to do their responsibilities. And guess what? That will all click if we start with a goal in mind, we start with a philosophy of treatment, et cetera, et cetera. Those things have to be established first before the friendship. And that's the myth that I wind up finding that every time I go into an office is we have to be better at loving each other before we can do better. No, we have to be better at understanding what our outcomes are before we can do better. The other things happen, you know, as one, a one social second, function. One second, one sure. second. Let me just uh, slow down because, I mean, you, you're giving yeah. me so much information. Um, sure. So the first point you made there is um, the myth is, you know, loving each other and, you know, singing Kumbaya and I fall and you pick up. That is actually standing in the way as opposed to, I mean, if you if you are really focused on growth and performance, as opposed to um, really, really understanding what is my scope. Like I'm a hygienist or I'm a person answering the phone, right? Or I'm the person, you know, working on patients and their teeth. Um, what's, so the step one you're saying is, each person has to be very, very clear what my job is. Like Michael Jordan, actually, I used to live in Chicago when uh, Michael won the last three championships. I was going to school and we were reverted. I mean, this guy comes back and, you know, it's just magic. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, you're right. I mean, now that I think about it, you know, Dennis Rodman didn't get along with I mean, they, they, I think they didn't even say hi to each other. They hated him. And, you know, and at least Scotty and Michael were kind of friendly, but they didn't hang out and go to the bars together. You know, they... They said hi, and that's it. But and but it was magic. I mean, I, of course, Phil Jackson was the the, the 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 man behind the curtain, so to speak. You know, kind of making these guys do amazing teamwork or crew work, if I were to use your terminology. So, uh, what you're telling me is the key point is every person has to have a clear-cut definition of what they need to do, and then other people have to be able to count on them, right? So in the case of Dennis Rodman and Michael Jordan, you knew Dennis is going to, you know, defend, you know, and and rebound. So you, you could trust him. He was the best in the world at it. And you knew if you give Michael the ball in the last second, he's going to score. It doesn't matter how he's going to do it, right? Exactly. And Cody was an awesome support for Michael, right? So... Um, yeah, that's interesting. So tell me a little bit more about that. I want to understand, you know, well, your yeah. definition of. Yeah, and, and, and the interesting thing is when I find that, you know, offices rely solely on that, and we'll use the word friendship, if, you know, that friendship teamwork idea. You know, I, I go into offices and they'll say, well, we can't let go Sally because she's you know, we, we love her and she always, you know, provides uh, the, the best um, cakes when we have events. Um, but she's not really good with um, scaling and root planning. Just use that as an example. And I got, you know, my thought is they're holding on to the friendship at the, at the detriment of the clinical outcomes of their patients. You know, they'll say, well, you know, um, uh, we keep, so-and-so because she's the sister of somebody else and we don't want to mess up that relationship, but she tends to drop instruments or, you know, and, and so we, we lose focus on our goal when the, the primary focus of the practice is this kinship. Um, and not to say that I, I don't, I, you know, I don't look forward to having fun with people, but I also, when I'm running a business, 
I expect that everybody is on the same page. So, yeah, so you're saying purpose, right? So you're saying people miss having clarity around what the important purpose is. In, in that example of a dental office, the purpose is this crew working amazingly well together where everybody does their piece. Like, you know, Dennis, you know, rebounds and, you know, I mean, using that analogy and, you know, Jordan scores and so forth. So is that what you're saying? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because it, it will trickle down. I mean, if, if, if your administrative staff is not um, on the same page with philosophy of the doctor, they're going to hem and haw when it comes to treatment presentation. So, you know, if somebody, if, if the doctor is saying we need to do an implant and we need to do an implant crown on this tooth and we need to do this, and the front desk is questioning that philosophy of care, as they present it, they're going to say, well, you know, he's going to do an implant, but sometimes he might have done a bridge. And that, that pause in conversation to the patient will break down financial arrangements. It'll, you know, break down the, their acceptance of care. It may even cause a cancellation. So all of these things, unless you have this alignment, this calibration, um, you know, the right side of the boat is, is pushing the oars in one direction, and the left side of the boat is pushing them in another direction. And you're never going to have an outcome that that is expected. So how do you? I mean, so you're going talking about a second point here. You're saying, yes, everybody does their role, but there needs to be alignment where everybody's on the same page, right? So mm -hmm. how do you get that alignment? It, you really have to ask the hard questions, and that is, you know, one of the first things when I started doing this, what, people were going through the process of, you know, saying, do we do amalgams in the practice as opposed to composites in the practice, and you know. That was, you know, there was a big insurance war and there was a big, you know, sort of uh, back and forth, us versus them, composites versus of amalgams. And one of the things that when I had offices who were asking about making that transition, I said, a show of hands in the office, who thinks that, are, that amalgams are a legitimate uh, restoration in the practice? And you would see this hemming and hawing, people afraid to raise their hands, whatever. And I said, this is a good starting point where we could open this conversation up to other things like who in here agrees that everybody should pay at the time of service who agrees that we should be open on saturdays or whatever the, the question is and really just asking those hard questions and expecting an outcome expecting them to answer and show hands you know those are the kind of things that get you to the point where you can go to the next step well you know i believe that we should uh, put all of our patients into perfect occlusion or whatever you want to, you know, whatever the next step is going to be and finding out where everybody stands on that, that idea. Um, I see daily where offices aren't in alignment. One hygienist does things one way another does another thing. And then the doctor walks in the room and won't agree with either of the, their, their, their um, diagnosis. So everybody's going to be on the same page before you can even move forward. So you've got to ask the hard questions and you have to find out where people stand and they may not be the right person for the job. They might be successful in another practice, and that's okay with me. You know, you've got to find patients, uh, people on your crew who row at the same pace you do, or they're going to mess up your stroke. Right. So you're telling me it's like you walk into these practices, one person has a map of New York from 1970, the other one has a map of New York from 1980, the other one has a map of New York from 1990. Mm -hmm. um, and they all say different things because these are not the same map. So they're always getting lost and confusing the patient in the process. 
I agree. And the idea of team would tell you that it doesn't matter which map you use as long as we end up at the same place. We all use different maps and we all meet in Times Square. Okay, but if our methodology says we need to take 42nd Street to 7th Avenue, 7th Avenue down, you know, that is a very clear direction. And that is, you know, we, we share a philosophy. We, we find the quickest route. We find a way to get there. And yes, everybody can have their own, own way to get to Times Square. But as a leader, as a philosophy of treatment, as everything else, we all need to be on the same page and not question it. If we decide we're going to try a different route and we go, hey, you know, the way we did this in the 70s on that 1970s map, actually, we got to walk by some re really interesting places and we got to see some interesting people. So let's take that 1970s route as an organization, as a company, as a business, we can make that choice. It doesn't have to be the most efficient way, but it right. has to be the way that we all do decide to do it. Right. So you, when you, I'm sure, walk into a practice, people are all doing it different ways, and like you said, they don't have alignment. How do you actually physically, I mean, do you tell people, no, this is my way or the highway, or how do you actually get them from that, you know, disarray and not in alignment to a place? I'm just curious. I'm just thinking I'm a fly in the wall and trying to you know, listen to this conversation. Yeah, and honestly, you know, what I try to do is I, I try to find out where they want to go. Because you know what, I, I've been in more than 5,000 practices, and I've seen lots and lots of successful ways of doing things, not the way I would necessarily do it, but it's the same as, you know, I carry a Windows phone. I may be one of the few people in the world that carries a Windows phone. Most people have a Samsung phone, you know, a, a, an Android phone or an, I, uh, an iOS phone. And here's the deal. I love the way my phone works. For me to convince you, if you carry an iPhone, to get a Windows phone would be ridiculous. Right. But guess what? I am unbelievably efficient with the way that I use my phone. And you may be with your iPhone or an Android phone. But the deal. I don't need you to change as long as we get to the same outcome efficiently. So usually right. when I go into a practice, it's an observation. I look at the way they do things. And here's the way I kind of look at it. Every practice is made up of bricks, you know. And everybody has these bricks that they stack on. And they're different philosophies of care, different ways of processing different information. And those bricks are great and they're very solid. But what happens typically is the mortar that holds those bricks together is not sound. So my job is to come in and say, you've got these processes and these bricks, but let me shore up your mortar. Let me come in and fill in those gaps to figure out how we can stick these bricks together so that they become this solid item, this wall of information. So my job is to come in and actually fill those gaps in and say, you know what, let's tweak this. Let's do this. Let's come up with that 1970s map and say, this is how we're going to get to Times Square. That's my job is to make those those you know to make up that that direct route, not to say you know what we need to take Manhattan and move it into the Bronx. You know that's crazy, right? You know the, 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 you know, the, the solid objects are there. I just need to make sure that it's very clear how we get there. So okay. uh, what I'm hearing is you have so they have eighty ninety percent of what they need. It's just that because of those little little tiny tiny tweaks that they don't realize they need to make. They don't perform at 100%. They're performing at 50%. Sure. 
Well, that's the typical. Most of us, you know, we go to these conferences, we go to, and we hear a phenomenal speaker. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, I got to hear Tony Robbins speak, you know, one of my, my heroes. I got to, I mean, and it was amazing. I got to see the guy speak. And I was charged up and I was ready to do the things that he talked about. And then the next day, I went back to my old routine. Now, those are the same, the same things that happen in the dentistry. Well, what has to happen in that process is somebody needs to be there, like a Phil Jackson, who takes this talent and is able to come in and say, hey, guys, you're off of your game. You're, you're, you're not passing the ball to Michael when you need to. You're not letting Dennis get the ball. You're, you know, you're in the way of Dennis doing his job. So let me show you that you need to step back and let Michael get the ball. You need to let Scotty run the ball down the court. You need to let Dennis get the ball as a rebound. You need to let people do their job and do it well, or we need to go back to the draft and get another center, get another defensive man. We need to get a big man on the court. And that should be something where everybody recognizes that, hey, we don't have a good person answering our phone, and we need to seek somebody in the draft. We need to replace that player. And then we can get better at what we do. And the Actually, thinking about Dennis, Dennis was not part of the team. They brought him in because they realized that piece was missing. Exactly. And we don't do that in dentistry. We tend to deal with our damaged players. We'll let them sit the bench. And we're, we're going off on left field in this sports analogy. But, you know, we, you know, we tend to let a damaged player sit on the bench and take up our salary cap instead of going to the draft and pulling in a new player who could replace that player and replace the player well. You know, we tend to hold on to damaged players. And, you know, I, you know, almost every uh, case that I've ever seen of embezzlement was typically a damaged player who continued to be on the, on, you know, on the team and draw money from the, from the practice. And typically, the, the, you know, what I hear from the, from the owners of the practice is, oh, my God, that person was the person that took my child to daycare when I needed somebody that picked, you know, to, right. to drop them off. Or, you know, and it's that damaged player who's been pulling down the practice for years. And it never fails. It's almost, I, almost a, like a cookie cutter. I can find that in almost every practice I go in, there's one weak player who's been pulling down the salary of the entire practice. All right. It, it makes a ton of sense. This goes back to what you told me in the very beginning. You said, um, you know, um, I'm sorry, I lost my thread. Um, about You're talking about um, crew, crew, right? And, the, and uh, sorry, the myths. And you said people think, you know, being friendly and, you know, singing Kumbaya is the secret to success. And that's actually the exact same thing that's stopping you from success. Yeah, and, and we don't want to get to a to a, a level of you know where we're robots doing a job. Right. We're all people, but right. sometimes we overlook the best player on the court because they have tattoos and blue hair. You know, right. that's not what makes us better. We need to be better at because we we have a particular goal in mind in order to get to that end in result. Um, and you know, that's why I really I love my job because. You know, I'm I'm kind of the uh, unconsultant. I you know I don't purport myself as being a consultant. What I am is I'm a coach, and I I enjoy the idea of coming in and tweaking some processes, and then stepping back and watching how these how the game plays out. You know, 
these are the kind of things that we put into place that we can find better results from small changes. Now, let me ask you a tough question. I mean, like when Phil Jackson left, you know, Bulls died and he went to, you know, LA and LA started doing better, right? I mean, Lakers. So mm-hmm. two questions. One is, what happens when you leave? And, and again, what's the role of the dentist in all of this? Like what what happens with the dentist? Well, I, I subscribe to the, the theory of, it's called a skine. And what a skine is, is that formation that geese make when they fly. Right. That the idea behind that is the, the the goose who's at the front of the pack takes a lot of the wind resistance and is the leader at that moment. But at some point that goose has to break off and somebody else has to take leadership. So I I subscribe to this idea that you know the doctor needs to be the leader until they put their gloves on. The minute the gloves are on then guess what? Somebody else needs to be the leader. And that could be the office manager. It could be somebody on the administrative staff. It could be the, you know, the, the dental assistant who, you know, who, who has those leadership skills. That person takes over and that person directs the processes. And then each person in kind takes responsibility for leadership. The front desk does it when the phone rings. They take leadership. You know, the the hygienist takes it when she's with the patient. So each person has a chance to lead, you know, and I'm putting that in quotes, at the time they need to lead. So when I work with a practice, what I do is I build that leadership so that everybody has the ability to stand at the front of that skine, at the front of the, the, you know, those geese flying. And at each point, they should be able to take a day off, but the pack doesn't fall apart. You know, all the geese don't just take a break because one of the one of them got tired. They're able to start taking over new, you know, new responsibilities and move forward. So my job is to build that leadership so that when I step away, there's somebody else who can step forward. And at some point, you know, you need to bring somebody back in and that's okay. But my job is never to be, you know, that consultant who's always on, you know, always there. My job is to be that consultant who can step back, let you lead. And then as you need tweaks, I can come back and help. Right. So I think I'm starting to understand. So you're saying your job is to make sure that they are building the muscle. So the person uh, who's answering the phone really has built the muscle. Obviously, you know, if it's the right person. They've built the muscle to be the leader for that. You know, how do we wow customers so they love us and, you know, book those appointments, right? Um, So everybody has a purpose and a focus, and your job is to, A, get them on the right page, you know, so they're all, you know, looking at it the same way and thinking, you know, cohesively, and then then realizing what what they need to do to succeed in that role and then give them the muscle so they can lead their area. Plus, from time to time, you know, there are people, and again, the titles, it looks like doesn't make a difference. So you didn't say, oh, it must be the office manager or it must be this person. But from time to time, when the doctor is wearing the gloves, somebody else is doing what you are doing, coaching. And, hey, you know what? Maybe we should, you know, remember what we talked about and maybe we shouldn't do this and so forth, right? Exactly. Because uh, le- right. leadership is tiring. Leadership is tiring. And one of the great things about having this idea, this this kind idea, is that you know, if we all work together, we, you know, we won't all get burned out at the same time, you know, and somebody should lead a meeting differently every time. We come from different, you know, different backgrounds. 
And those make you know each experience a little bit better because it's not going to be the same thing every time the doctor talking about what's going on in the practice or the office manager talking about what's going on in the practice. And each of us leads at a different pace in a different way. You know, a hygienist is going to lead from a perio-focused standpoint. A doctor is going to lead from you know a restorative standpoint. The owner doctor is going to lead from the you know business standpoint. So everybody has a different view of it. And we all have different relationship with the patients, so that patient contact relationship. So we all get a different story from a different point. So everybody should take a chance to lead. Right. Um, you have come in, you have done your tweaking, and you have this amazing practice. And I walk into that practice, how will it function compared to before you walked in? I'm just wondering, are there any critical pieces like meetings or any critical components that kind of make it click? Well, each one's different, and I, you know, that's the one thing that that has always confused me about when I see people who work with consultants. You know, usually I'm never the first person into a practice. Usually I'm the second, third, fifth, tenth person that's worked with a practice, and there's typically a binder on the wall from each of those consultants they've worked with, and those binders contain these protocols that they expect the office to follow. You know, I never found that, it, you know, that a binder is going to be binding for, you know, any development that the practice has. What I find is that routines change what people do. So typically when I leave, the practice has evolved into a new dynamic of, of, of business. And I'll give you an example. You know, when I work with a practice, one of the first things I try to change is how they present treatment, meaning they are now focused on outcomes. And when they treatment plan, they focus on that outcome. They have a new language that they use about treatment. And, and that, you know, that, that's not, you know, that's nothing new in dentistry. What it is is the, the doctor can clearly state and hygiene and everybody else can clearly state in very concise terms how they do dentistry, what they expect as outcomes, and what they expect their patients to see as treatment evolves. And it's just like anytime you go to, a, you know, if you go to Nordstrom's, if you go to Disney, if you go to, if you, you know, you work with somebody uh, on the phone with Zappos, you understand what that person expects from their customer and what they expect, you know, in, as a outcome for the services you receive. That's what has to happen in dentistry. We have to get that same idea so that just like when you're going to Disney, you have an expectation of enjoying yourself. You have an expectation that everything's going to be clean. You have an expectation that the cost will be a return on your investment. If we can get the same thing in dentistry, we can get that same kind of outcome from our patients. Patient compliance goes up, patient acceptance of care goes up, all that goes up. So I expect when I leave a practice that those things will have changed. Treatment presentation is clear and concise. Financials are clear and concise. The way we answer the phone, clear and concise. And that is what I expect when I leave. If it doesn't happen, it's typically because people didn't buy into the process. And that's a hard thing because we're all people. But if they don't buy into the process, nothing will change. And that happens. I, I mean, I accept that I, I have failures in what I do. But a lot of it is because they don't get it and they're not ready to change. But they want to get better, but they just are in a place now where they want to change. So that's what typically happens. Right. So you're saying the way you know if something is working is 
they um, they, they uh, unlearn all these myths. They realize they are a crew that can depend on each other, and they really are super focused on what they contribute. And um, they also have to, um, you know, be on the same page, like you said, right? I mean, doctor and the hygienist and so forth. If you are not on the same page, you know, it's a mess, and the customers see it. I mean, the patients see it. Oh, then, uh, yeah, I agree. And then um, I agree. You, you help them, you know, um, be a strong crew member plus, uh, I mean, team member or crew member, whatever the word is, plus you help them get on the same page, and plus you, the last piece is where I'm struggling a little bit, plus you teach them, um, give them clarity or give them, so in other words, yes, you, you love answering the phone and you, you're such a delightful person, but make it, you know, help them realize the most important things they do so they're not wasting their time or effort or energy on the other stuff and they're just zoomed into that important stuff and use the word clarity if I'm not mistaken. Am I? Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, it is. It is clarifying. That I mean, that's that's like I said. A lot of what I'm doing is just helping them to clarify where they're going with treatment, what their what their outcomes are going to be. You know, how many days a year are going to are you going to be working? Will determine how many patients we need in order to fill those chairs for those days. So now we know how many new patients we need. We know how many you know what our percentage of losses is, is is calculated at. You know, we have to have clarity before we go forward. You know, a lot of times I go in an office and I say, you know, how much do you want to make next year? And there's this, well, I don't know. I read an article about this and that. And I say, you know, let's back up. How much do you want to make? How much are you making now? And the gap between the two things is what we have to work on. Right. You know, we, we have to be real clear on those things. Otherwise, you know, what are we shooting at? You know, what, where's the target that we go towards? Right. If, you, if you're not... Um clear on your goals, of course, you're not going to get there because you yourself are not clear on your goals, right? So I think that's step number one, being very clear on what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, this is very insightful and very interesting. Let me just jump into something uh, different. I know, uh, you know, I do digital marketing and that's what my business does. And I know you you love, um, you're into, you know, how do we help patients uh, who come through digital marketing, including social media? Like, Tell me your perspective. I mean, times have changed. So tell me how it used to be and how are things today, and and how you can and how you help practices, um, you know, in today's well, digital world. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I I'm I'm big into social media. I, I you know I love the idea of social media, and I love what it's doing for dentistry. But I think one of the things that's that has changed is that that. You know, what, what I started off in dentistry with 30 years ago was this idea that I went to the dentist because my dad went to that dentist, and then my kids go because they because I go. And that idea of, of patient loyalty is gone. And what has evolved is this new dynamic of patient loyalty that mm, is, is tenuous. What we're able to do now is we, you know, we can attract patients to our practice through social media, through marketing that way. But how do we keep patients in the practice? Well, you know, social media is, a, is one of those things that we have. I don't think we've been able to figure out how do we keep patients in our practice. We can attract them. So what I like doing is when I have an office that works with a great group like yours, you know, we're attracting patients at a level of X. How do we keep those patients in the practice? 
you know, I have an office that they lose about 80% of the patients that they get in. And a lot of it has to do with their fee structure and the way that they handle insurance. And they lose, you know, they lose, you know, 80 out of 100 patients that they get in. But those 20 that stay, we have to figure out how we can keep those people happy. We have to figure out how we can keep them in the loop. And we can figure out now, you know, what, what drives them forward. So a lot of what I do is working with our social media experts um, to um, capture patients, find out what they like about the practice, and then take that to the next level. You know, a lot of it is how we answer the phone. How do we deal with our billing structures? How do we deal with, you know, how our patient contact? Um, and we can use social media to reach out to those patients who are our longtime patients and just to have this social touch after they've become new patients. Let me understand. Um, um, how do you keep them happy? You know, once they are in, I mean, I, I'm curious. You said the loyalty is gone, right? Which is, uh, you know, I also noticed the same thing. Like, you know, I, I'm going there because my mom went there or my dad went there. That doesn't work mm -hmm. anymore. So how do you keep them happy and how do you keep them engaged? A lot of it is, honestly, that's where the social interaction inside the practice happens. And it, one of the things I was talking to a, a colleague about recently is, you know, the idea of word of mouth is no longer the same. With Facebook, I don't need to ask you which restaurants you would, you know, which restaurants you would tell me to go to in Chicago. Now what I can do is I can look at your Facebook page and say, oh, I know that you're very much into food and wine, and I see that you went to X restaurant in Chicago. So it is word of mouth, but now it's digital word of mouth. You know, I, I don't need to ask you one-on-one -on -one about it. I can see what you're doing and get that same referral. So it's switched in the way that we see um, word of mouth referrals, and we can take advantage of that. We can figure out ways to take advantage of that. So what we have to do is we have to figure out how this new era of technology affects what we do on a daily basis. And a lot of that is just about, you know, understanding that things have changed. We no longer carry a little black book. We carry an iPhone or some other form of communication. So we just have to figure out how to best, you know, utilize those technologies in order to do the things that we did in dentistry 10, 15 years ago. We have to understand that Instagram is a new way to get to our patients. We have to understand that Snapchat may be a new way of getting to our patients and not be afraid to move forward with those kinds of technologies. Using those things to get to our patients, using those things to deliver the message that we, you know, that we do X procedures, um, but also, you know, it needs to be lifestyle marketing. We need to show patients why patients come to our practice and not because of services, but because of the way we treat patients. Not the treatment, but how we treat patients. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. So one of the things that we do with our clients in social media is um, um, we call it referral marketing on steroids, right? In the old days, um, I liked you. Uh, I tell my friends about you, and I tell one friend. And the trust that I had in you as my dentist transfers to my friend, and the friend now trusts you and therefore comes and sees you. The problem is that's not happening anymore. A lot of people are not going out of their way to tell their friends. So one simple technique, we use a lot of techniques in social media that we, we use is um, we have these signs. So the sign might be, you know, um, I love my 
smile, right? Somebody holds that sign, we snap a picture, we post that sign, we tag the patient. Now what happens, it shows up, that picture of the patient, you know, with that sign on the Facebook news feeds of 300 friends of that patient. It's as if this patient picked up the phone and called 300 friends. I mean, imagine the power of that. Sure. Right? And it's like, I mean, how much would you pay for somebody to make 300 referral phone calls, right? It's the same thing. Now what happens out of the 300, uh, five of them really like this friend and they like that picture. Now it's as if they picked up the phone and called 300 of each one of their friends. So it goes from 300 friends of the patients to 1,500 friends of those five people. So it's amazing. So I think one of the things I noticed, and I'm sure, I don't know what you are saying, is that um, doctors don't realize, you know, the power of this. I mean, they look at it as, oh, I need to do Facebook. But it's really, Facebook is a way to engage people exponentially with very little effort, uh, especially when it comes to transferring trust, right? The trust of one person to the other. That's what it does. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And and that's why I was thinking, you know, it, it's very important that we get this, you know, this uh, billboard of information out there. You know, the social media becomes the billboard on the road. But once the phone rings, what are we doing? If the phone rings and, you know, and, and we get a busy signal, what's the use of the social media? You know, if, if 10 friends are saying you should come to this practice, but when I call, I get this gruff voice on the other line that doesn't, you know, that doesn't let me come on the days that I want to come in, what's the use of social media? So, you know, I, it's kind of the yin and yang. Uh, while it, when one side of, the, of the, that circle is very, very important, the other side is critical to make that whole process happen. Absolutely. I, I think it's about connecting dots, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, if, if social media or my reputation says it's an amazing practice, but I call and nobody answers the phone, immediately my expectation, I mean, I, this expectation of, you know, it's, it's an awesome practice, it's so customer friendly, goes out the window. Exactly. And I have even seen reviews where people get so mad that they had a certain expectation and then the phone is not answered or whatever and somebody called them back a week later. They write a nasty review even before they walk into the practice. So they, don't, they haven't even seen the doctor, but they're so mad because their expectation was violated, so to speak. Yeah. And, and dentistry has become a commodity and it's, you know, it, we have to get it to the point where it is more of a service uh, than it is a commodity. And once we get it back to the point where it is a commodity, I mean, a service that patients understand, appreciate and value, that's when we're going to be able to get our patients to lock back into that referral for the same reasons we did back when, you know, our, we went because of our fathers, mothers, et cetera. We have to get dentistry back to that instead of a commodity. And I mean, a dent, you know, the medical world has kind of hindered us in that, but we can get it there. And I think a lot of it has to do with just creating these ideas that we're, our practice is different and driven by this particular philosophy. I think that's, that's where, you know, a company like ours comes in, into play. That's awesome. I think we have been talking for more than 45 minutes. Um, I just wanted to ask you, if, if I want to learn more about your practice and how you can help a dentist, um, uh, do you have any, any kind of consultation or a uh, call where they can get to know you? Just tell me a little bit about how people can find out and what the next step might be. Sure. 
two options. Uh, well, more than that, but here's here's a couple good good fast options. Uh, give me a call. I mean, anybody who's interested in talking, um, just like we're doing now, 45 minutes goes by, goes by very quickly. You know, I'd be open to conversations with any doctor who's interested in talking, um, and they can reach me directly on my cell phone. Um, that's 484-437-5562. Um, that's the easiest way to get me. Um, you can go to our website, which is www.thecrewprocess.com. Um, there's information there and contact information there for the rest of uh, rest of my crew. Um, but call me directly. Um, if you know, typically I, I've got OCD, so if my phone rings, I'm going to answer it, um, and I'll be glad to talk through any things that that doctors are going through. See how I can help. And I'm one of the few people out there in the business who, if I'm not the right person for you, I've got friends all over the industry who I will be happy to refer you to because we're very specific about what we do. And we have great friends who do other types of consulting and I'm happy to refer to people who, who can help you. So you believe in your own philosophy of you know being the crew, right? You're really good at your piece. Oh, I, I, I live it every day. <laughs> awesome. Thank you very much, Andre. I really, really enjoyed our chat today and um, um, I look forward to working with you more over the years and I'm sure people will get a lot of value from today's conversation. I appreciate it. It's a great talk. Thank you very much and uh, thank you for everyone listening to one more episode of Growing Dentist. Have a wonderful day.